Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello and welcome to another Wessex LMC's podcast. My name is Laura Edwards. I'm a GP and one of the Joint Chief Executive Officers at Wessex LMC's. And I'm joined today by Dr. Anne Hayden and Lawrence Camilleri. Hi, Anne. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, Hi Laura. <laughs> So Anne and Lawrence have come to talk to us today. Um, let me introduce them a little to you first. So um, Anne is a GP um, who has always had a holistic uh, view of, of what being a GP means. Um, and she believes in nurturing our community by growing together and taking back control of our food supply and our lives and has a project that has matched all of those aims. And Lawrence uh, was the technical advisor uh, for the Minister of Agriculture in Malta and then coming to the UK has a background in operations management, particularly in pot plants, he tells me. Um, he also has a passion about what we eat um, and he really felt that he wanted to change this um, and went into vegetable boxes. Um, now, these two people have met and uh, they've combined forces and come up with a fantastic initiative called Grow Your Rainbow Garden. Is that right? Have I got that right? Almost. So <laughs> Almost. So they've come to talk to me today to explain more because I heard about it and thought actually in these days where everything is doom and gloom and we're facing such a crazy world, it was really nice to see a little gleam of sunlight and we're heading into spring and it felt like the right time to have this conversation. So um, can you tell me, Anne or Lawrence, um, can you tell me roughly what, what, what does your wonderful idea, what boxes does it tick? What, what uh, themes does it touch upon? Okay, well, it, um, if I could just say how I came into this in the first place, and then it will tell you what themes we're touching on. Um, I retired around about um, 21, January 21, and set up a social enterprise called Your Planet Doctors and decided on a project known as Grow Your Own Rainbow Gardens because... I have always been, as a GP, passionate about improving mental health because, as you know, Laura, you, if your mental health is poor, so is your physical health because of your low immune system and lack of self-esteem and confidence. And uh, it makes such a difference to everything about your life as to whether it's uh, very happy or very sad. And I also knew that with climate change and destructions of our ecosystems, that um, we would have quite a few problems ahead of us, but particularly uh, a poor food supply. And I knew that uh, to boost up somebody's mental health, in fact, to address all five steps to well-being, which uh, I, I expect a lot of the people listening know what they are, um, Growing together, growing your food together in small community or small neighborhood groups um, is, is the way to, you know, really help you in, in so many ways. And at the same time, it can help you to mitigate against food insecurity. Uh, so I was approached having and I'm building community, of course, I really felt that we needed to build community to for sustainability and for nurturing each other and very much for giving resilience for difficult times at the moment and ahead. 
And I was approached by a housing association called Abri and asked if I would try and do something in a, a disadvantaged estate in, in Bournemouth. And uh, they were particularly affected after lockdown and during lockdown with loneliness, poor self-esteem and, um, you know, d d isolation because people didn't want to leave their homes. And uh, so uh, Abri gave me the finances to actually set up uh, home growing for them. A few of them liked the idea of just having a go. And so we put raised beds in all their gardens and started off um, with a few seeds and a few, few plug plants. The trouble is that when you try and grow a lot of things together, um, you often do fail. And... Um, I wasn't a grower myself, and so it was a bit like the blind leading the blind, and their <laughs> mental health deteriorated, as did mine. So oh, I dear. Quite, this isn't working quite so well. Um, but um, then in the following year, we kept going. I never gave up, and I, fortunately they didn't either, although it seemed like they were. But in the following year, um, suddenly Lawrence comes into my life um, with a totally different slant on how we should do things, thinking that instead of planting lots of different crops, that people had a go at one crop at a time, a single crop at a time like radishes or spring onions or whatever. And it started to then really take off and communities started to get together. We were having running workshops with lovely rainbow chairs out in the in the on the roads for for um you know to uh for vision, you know, to to make it look really fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it really started to take off. Uh, and I, now I, if I could hand you over to Lawrence, because he will tell you more about why he suggested that and how it's now moving to something a lot more exciting. Hi, Laura. Wow. Hi, Lawrence. So, yeah. so it sounds like Anne had a fabulous idea there, but uh, as she described it, blind leading the blind, uh, yeah. she had a seed of an idea that was there but was struggling to germinate by the sounds of it. So, so Lawrence, how in, did you help? I came into this angle myself about eight, nine years ago to change the way farmers grow their crops. That's why I created the first foodie box kind of system with the hope that if I generate enough market share, I can make them change their mind how they grow things without pesticides, no dig, okay, all the healthy ways where you get all the nutrients back from the soil and make us feel all better, okay? That did not materialize because I could not generate enough market share to make them change their mind. And we found a lot of resistance from the farmers to change their attitude because they're used to their easy traditional ways, which is actually not really helping looking after the environment, after the soil and all the things we hear about in the news. So when Anne came and talked to me about her project, I'm saying, this is amazing, actually. I love this because if I can get all the households growing for us in their own gardens, no dig, no chemicals used, okay, but I need to remember that these people are not growers. They are probably suffering from mental health. We need to help them out. Okay, so how I'm going to tackle this? So I'm saying, which way I'm going to do? Let's find the easiest, simplest way they can grow something for us and with us. So I'm saying, if I grow on a one crop kind of per household, we might get some decent results here. And we trialed it out with 
seriously, with radishes, pak choy, okay, muli, spring greens, and they turned into an instant success. Every household had crops. And you want to see the faces, literally big smiles on them. They're coming to see us every, just because things are really growing now. And they're feeling like they're seasoned horticulturists kind of thing. Look what they can grow. <laughs> okay, out of nowhere. But it's only because we went back to basics and through us nurturing them and looking after them, I was telling them exactly what to do mm-hmm. according to the microclimate that is in the garden. Because this is the thing. Horticulture is a very complex industry. Mm. If you don't know what you're doing, nothing will grow. It will grow wrong. You get all the pests, pests in there. Okay, then you lose your crops. So yeah. what we can do to make life easier, start educating them slowly, slowly and, and hold a hand. And that is the basis of it. But it's going to take a lot of coordination because when the crops are harvested, what are we going to do with them? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we're doing with them is we created what you call it the crop swap kind of credit system with them. Okay, yeah, because okay. I might not want 100 radishes, even if they are really good for exactly. me. I, I might run out of ideas. Yeah. Okay, so what we're doing is we're creating menus with the AECC, which are a new. ACC, who are they? There are health sciences, quite a unique health sciences university. In Bournemouth, and um, we are working very closely with them to do a very similar project as we're doing on that particular estate with them in their one of their quadrangles on their compass to 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 grow single crops so that we can, as Lawrence was going to say, that we harvest them and then we take them and combine them with other crops to make into a food box. And what we are trying to do, and this is particularly Lawrence's domain, is to um, grow larger crops on fields we've been given. Uh, And we've been given, in a very short period of time, 34 acres. (laughs) So that's a lot of organic vegetables. So uh, you can perhaps see the picture of, of the picture forming of what we're trying to do to 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 enter people into a crop swap like a credit system where we swap food for their food and then be able to give them a very varied food box for much less than they're paying at the moment uh and uh similar to the the supermarkets or even less for much much better nutritious crops wow yeah well that sounds amazing um and in terms of kind of coming back to the original question of the themes that that is touching upon it's touching upon a lot isn't it in terms of it's touching upon mental health it's touching upon community it's touching upon nourishment there um and all of those things are really good foundations again for mental health and physical health but there's also real positives for the climate as well um and i think I, i might be among others who are watching the new uh, episodes of Clarkson's Farm at the moment, which is a, an insight into the challenges that equally the farmers face and the perverse incentives that are sort of there in a narrow market 
margins, the surprisingly tiny margins that they're trying to operate on. Um, so I think, you know, as the world is as it is, uh, we, we have to kind of try and think differently, don't we? Until until the powers that be sort other things out. This sounds like a real grassroots campaign, another pun there of growing things, but um, a grassroots campaign of actually how we can all get involved and get and, and make things better on a number of fronts. It sounds really exciting. So well, and I, could I just interrupt, Laura? Just to yeah. Say, I mean, we what we're wondering is if the powers that be are going to be able to do this in time, and let's in fact take over those powers with with the people mm-hmm. doing this, and if we get enough people growing their own food, helping us, and letting. Um, ourselves and other wonderful people who are doing similar things uh, help them, then um, they should be able to feed themselves and not rely on anybody else for anything. Uh, (laughs) One thing I'm really working on, Laura, is that this happened over the last 100, 150 years, but why do we need to grow something three, four hundred miles away to sell it back down south? when we've got plenty of fields here to grow it all locally. Okay, so why waste all that fuel, all that CO2 going to the air just to bring it over here? Let's say for the same cabbage, for example. Okay, well, it can be all grown locally. We went a little bit too much globally when we lost all the local entity. So this is what we're trying to, to introduce with the people growing together. Okay, we, we're building up uh, pickup points and getting people like the... Uh, eco guy that delivers with, with an electric bike or with a bicycle. Okay, so we're reducing the CO2 by reducing the deliveries we're doing. Okay, and if the people all work together, these things are, are achievable, very yeah. achievable. Okay, and it's a domino effect. As it starts getting better, everybody starts following up. And the more they're following up, the less we need to drive, the less mileage we need to do. And the price will go down because the biggest issue about pricing at the moment, especially for the smaller businesses, is that a cauliflower in the market right now is pound fifty for the small farm shop. Mm. He still needs to put the cost price on it to retail it. So how he's going to compete to sell it for two fifty for a cauliflower to cover his yeah. costs? Yeah. Okay. When it can be grown locally for half the price anyway. Yeah. The people. So this is what we're trying to achieve between them growing it and everything. And this is all a social enterprise that we can bring the price down for chemical-free food. And if we get chemical-free food and people start feeling better, hopefully they don't want to see the doctors so much. That would be a lovely end result, wouldn't it? But I think you're you're speaking to things that we we again in our society sort of. I think people are beginning to realise it much more now that we've kind of yeah. lost touch with some of the things that we kind of thought weren't important, like um, being in touch with nature. That suddenly people are reprioritising that and realising that actually environment is really important. Um, and and I mean their their local environment, what they touch and see every day, is actually really important not only for their physical health, but also for their mental health. And what you're describing um, of, of that connection with 
the earth, actually, if you're touching and, you know, digging in the earth and then something grows out of it. Again, hope springs eternal. We all think of little plants growing, don't we? Um, and we see spring as a time of hope. Um, and, and that and those images and that feeling is, is because that's how it speaks to us that that's how nature is and again it's so important isn't it for us so this this sounds amazing really at good this the time we are we are selling 25 houses in the southbourne estate okay with, with an mm. average of about four to six meters squared in the gardens okay then okay. All, all on the walls when they got nothing growing and everything we're putting trellises up so they can have all the climbing plants so it's practically landscaping the garden not just with flowers with edible food Product yeah. food for him. Okay. Yeah. And remember, each fruit and food do produce their own flowers anyway before they turn to fruit. So they are going to have the same flower production anyway to make it looking nice. Okay. So it's kind of a win situation if we can break the mentality of let's get back to nature, let's start doing things together. But it's happening. Okay. We started small. We've got about 150 people members of the uh, Forever More Food project and Grow New Rainbow Gardens as we speak. Okay. Now, Forever More Food. Is simply the uh, the mechanism, the coordinating mechanism for your grown your rainbow gardens. Okay, so that's the one that coordinates what's being grown, what's being harvested, how we can put it into the boxes, and all that kind of stuff. While Doctor N looks after the the more healthy side of things of the project. Okay, <laughs> and it sounds like a, a real win. This. Are you in touch with others nationally who are doing similar projects? Um. Doing bits of projects like this, um, I think there's no, I'm not sure, but we don't think there is anybody doing anything quite like this in terms of, um, well, knowing how to run a food box company is, is such a skill, which is why it's a sort of double whammy for me meeting Lawrence. You know, not <laughs> everybody could do that. And I know that it would be very hard for people to be self-sufficient in their own gardens because their gardens, well, they're not big enough. Um, although you do with the, if you grow in the right way, you don't need that much much space um but but you know people would have to give up all their time they'd have to uh stop their work they'd have a massive amount of work to do their crops would not survive because they weren't perhaps experienced enough but doing this gives them every opportunity to feel good to feel part of the the community to feel they're sharing what they're doing of getting together because we're encouraging people all over the place to either work together in community gardens mm. or with their neighbours in their own gardens, which we're building up all over the place. Other estates are very interested in what we're doing. We're working with local GPs because they are referring their patients through their social prescribers to us um, to to help them rehabilitate them if at all possible. And uh, we're working with the schools as well. So it's it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger so That's quickly. And it's so quickly. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that's a different challenge. But so it sounds still like smiling. spread. <laughs> Good, you're still smiling. Um, so it sounds like there's a lot of skills involved, not only for people, as you say, facing their garden and looking at potentially a 
bit of lawn and a bit of soil and thinking how do I do this and as you say bringing in skills like actually trellis and where do you plant things and then there's also that skill set of if you have got 100 radishes over there and 100 cabbages over here how do you actually start to coordinate that in a meaningful way that means that everybody sees the point of it so Um, it it, there are some complexities to this so there was a bit of a a sort of a little challenge offer there wasn't there and of you saying I don't think anyone else is doing this um but exactly so mm. if you are doing this, uh, Anne and Lawrence, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and I guess the other offer is um, if you're interested and you would like to spread this, but you haven't started yet, I'm guessing Anne and Lawrence would also uh, love to to talk with you um, or connect with you and, and look to spread that um, idea across the country. So um, how could how could people find you? Well, I think probably the very best way to find us at the moment is through yourplanetdoctors at gmail.com. So yourplanetdoctors, all one word, at gmail.com. And uh, send them to me, um, Anne Hayden, uh, and and we'll we'll respond. And we'd love to hear from you. We need... Uh, we need sort of v- particularly volunteers in the East Dorset and Bournemouth area and new members of the Rainbow Garden scheme so that because uh, we do need help <laughs> at this. There's a lot of growing. There's a lot of moving around of soil and compost. There's there's a lot to do. And it's all healthy, good, enjoyable stuff with lots of camaraderie and tea and biscuits and and everything you know it's uh it's a nice it's a nice atmosphere oh well it's been wonderful speaking with you both Anne and Lawrence thank you so much for your time today um we wish you much luck with your venture um, and perhaps you might come back in the future and tell us what happens next we'd love to well for now we're going to say bye-bye so thank you to everyone for listening and we hope to see you again on another Wessex LMC's podcast soon thank you bye-bye everyone Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice.